0: Good afternoon from downtown Tyler, Texas. It's a wonderful January day. I hope you are having a good day. This is Bill Allen from West Irwin Church of Christ. We are sharing uh, Facebook Bible Studies on Tuesday and Thursday afternoons live at 3 p.m. Central Time. And if you can't join us live, then you're watching a little bit later than that, either on my Facebook page, Bill Allen, or on our West Irwin Church of Christ or West Erwin Church... Uh, West Irwin Live Facebook pages later or on our website westerwin.com on the connect tab click down to a live stream page and click, uh, scroll down to uh, video archives and you can find all of these lessons there and lots more stuff as well I hope that you are having a good week and uh, we are continuing our study that we began last week with this new year we are going through a couple of daily devotional books on Thursdays Uh, We're looking at the Songs of Jesus from uh, Timothy and Kathy Keller, a daily devotional book that centers on the Psalms. You read through all the Psalms in one year, but also along the way, you're looking at how uh, Jesus uh, used and appreciated those Psalms and how we can do it as well. And so we're doing that on Thursdays. On Tuesdays, including today, uh, we're going through the classic devotional book, My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. And today we find ourselves, uh, I'm going to be speaking today from his uh, uh, readings from January 8th, 9th, and 10th. And this morning we begin with, uh, or this afternoon we begin uh, with uh, that uh, passage of scripture. We're going to get to Romans 12 and the call to be living sacrifices but he starts this chapter in, um, in Genesis chapter 22. It's interesting how he does that because he speaks about the sacrifice of, of uh, Abraham that he was going to give his son Isaac. Remember that very difficult story in Genesis chapter 22 when God calls Abraham to take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, this son of promise, and sacrifice him to me on the altar. And Abraham faithfully, though he doesn't understand it, I'm sure, faithfully gets Isaac ready and the, uh, all the supplies needed, and they go to the mountain. And, and finally, before he uh, is ready to, to take the life of his own son at the command of God, God stops him. That great statement, Abraham, Abraham, uh, and uh, stops him from taking the life of his son Isaac. And uh, but it's it's interesting when we think of sacrifices. That's kind of what we what we think about, right? If you're familiar with the Bible, you think about all those Old Testament sacrifices that came along uh, with uh, lambs or sheep or goats or calves, and uh, that that's what we understand a sacrifice uh, from that worship perspective to be some uh, animal that is uh, whose life is taken, the blood is shed for the sake of uh, out of service and worship of God, but that's not what Romans 12 uh, speaks about, and uh, uh, Oswald Chambers writes this, this event, the sacrifice of Abraham's son Isaac, the almost sacrifice, this event is a picture of the mistake we make in thinking that the ultimate God wants of us is the sacrifice of death, and I think that's a great statement. Uh, we mistakenly think that when we're called upon to sacrifice our lives, that that means that we give our lives. And if ever called upon to do that, and I hope you and I and those that we love, our, our nation here, are never called upon to actually give their lives and lose their lives for uh, reasons of faith. But we know that there are people around the world right now who, who are doing just exactly that and have. And we, our hearts and prayers go out for them. But at the same time, we, we think about that uh, call from God, uh, that um, really the call is, is not to, uh, when we talk about being uh, sacrificed with Christ, as Paul talks about in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but it's no longer I that live, Christ lives in me. That's what Jesus is calling us to do today. When it comes to sacrifice, it's to live for him, to give our lives to him. Uh, Romans 6 says we die to sin. We're buried with Christ through baptism into death, and we're raised to live a new life. That new life is given over to Christ as a living sacrifice. And so the passage that we look at is Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We're going through the wonderful book by Sarah Barrett, Stand Up, uh, Stand Strong, uh, in our Sunday mornings here at West Erwin Church of Christ looking at the call to, uh, to stand up uh, faithfully, living for God. And then, as we have opportunity to join in the discussions and engage with others, uh, to share with them what the Word of God says about some of the contemporary issues that are facing our culture today. And uh, we're going to be talking about this one over the next couple of weeks, this idea of uh, being a living sacrifice And verse 2 is the one that says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I love the Phillips translation of Romans 12, verse 2. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. And really, that's part of the purpose of our, um, our Sunday morning series from this book. Uh, so that we can help each other not let the world squeeze us into its mold, but rather to be a living sacrifice, to actually live for Jesus, not to give our lives uh, for him, although if called upon again, we would be willing to do that, but rather to live for him faithfully every day, which in some respects is, might be even more difficult uh, for most of us, and I, and I think that that is uh, true, being willing to give our lives as a living sacrifice to let uh, the strength and power and love and faithfulness of Jesus be seen in us. That is our call uh, today, and that involves this process of um, uh, salvation and sanctification. We read about uh, salvation in First John chapter 1. Uh, verse 7, as he's talking back and forth in First John 1 about if we say we haven't sinned, we're a liar and we're calling God a liar because God says we've sinned. He says all have sinned and we come to salvation through faith in Christ, through the response of faith that just as we just read in Romans 6 is uh, believing and uh, repenting, changing our lives confessing that faith and being baptized into Christ, being buried with Christ through baptism into death so that we might be raised to live a new life. Well, throughout that new life, we go through the process of sanctification, being made more and more holy uh, in the likeness of Christ. But we first have to be saved. We first have to be forgiven. And that, uh, uh, that is where 1 John 1 verse 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all of our sins. And and I think that's what we're talking about when we talk about salvation. His blood cleanses us from our sins. We read that in lots of different passages uh, of scripture. Uh, in fact, the very next verse, again, talks about denying our sin. But then in verse 9 of 1 John 1, he says, If we confess our sins, we're, he is faithful and just. And will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness just as verse 7 uh, had said so this cleansing that we experience is something that brings about that forgiveness and it calls us to walk in the light now that doesn't mean being sinless because this whole passage in first john 1 acknowledges that we are sinners to say anything else is to lie to ourselves and to lie to god uh, and to call him a liar because he has said that we are sinners and has given his son because of that. Unlike forcing Abraham, God actually gave his son. And when Jesus so faithfully and fervently prayed in the garden, let this cup pass from me, the father said, I, I, I'm not going to. I could, but that would mean that you wouldn't have to go through this, but everyone else would be lost. And so for us, Jesus gave his life, sacrificed his life so that we could live for him so that we could be living sacrifices, and we're able to do that through the Holy Spirit that He has given us. And so that's the salvation part, but what about sanctification? Well, sanctification is one of those dollar two ninety eight religious words that I don't like to use too often from the pulpit because we don't know what it means, but it, it, it's from the word holy. Uh, the word saint comes from the word holy, and sanctify, sanctification, those all come from the original word holy. In fact, the word saint in scripture is really an adjective that's used as a noun. It's the word holy. It's exactly the word holy, but it's used as a noun. And so uh, maybe a more literal translation would be holy one or saints would be holy ones. And it's never talking about dead people. It's talking about uh, the Christians who were very much alive in the days of the New Testament. And they were called saints they were called holy ones they were God's special people uh, that he had saved for his specific purposes because of their response of faith and that's and that's what first Peter 2 says and in Acts chapter 26 uh, it's it's the passage where Paul is uh, uh, under trial uh, and he is uh, in Caesarea and he's facing some Jewish and Roman authorities but he is um, he, he he is converted in Acts chapter nine, and then he talks about it in Acts twenty-two when he's in Jerusalem, facing the Jewish leaders. But then in Acts chapter twenty-six, he's there with King Agrippa and others, and he's telling his story, and and he's talking about uh, on that road to Damascus he was blinded, and then he went into the city and. And uh, during that time, Jesus tells him what's going to happen. He talks to him. He also speaks to him through Ananias. Um, But one of the things that he says is that I am saving you so that you can be a light to the Gentiles. Now, that's what set everybody off in Jerusalem, as you can imagine, in Acts 22. That's when they decided this guy is not fit to live. Let's rid the earth of him. And he had to be saved by the Roman commanders. But before then, he's talking about his story, how he went into the city. Ananias told him, Get up. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash your sins away. After he had prayed and fasted for three days, still didn't have his sins washed away until he fully responded in faith and was baptized. And then right away, he started preaching. In fact, in in Acts chapter 26, Jesus tells him, Get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people, the Jews, and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. Turn from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So Jesus tells Paul, I, I've got places for you to go. Of course, he's Saul of Tarsus at the time, but as he's telling this story, he's the apostle Paul on trial in a way, in a sense for his life. He appeals to Caesar, and he has sent to Caesar ultimately. But here he's before these authorities, and he's telling them, look, I, this is my story, and I have, I have come to know Jesus, and, and uh, I, I would love for you to as well. In fact, he even in, in, tries to persuade uh, King Agrippa, much to the governor's <laughs> um, frustration, but he looks at King Agrippa and he says, "Look, I know you know this story and you know these things, and um, I would love for you to become a Christian." And that's when Agrippa asks him, "Do you do you think in such a short time, I, even I could become a Christian?" And you could make me uh, accept this teaching. And Paul says, look, I'd love for you to become a Christian. I'd love for you to be have everything that I have, all these wonderful blessings, except for <laughs> these chains. I don't want you to be in prison for the faith, but I do want you to accept it. Uh, and in the process of telling his story, he reminds us that what he was called to do, he was sent to Jews and non-Jews or Gentiles, and he was called to share the gospel with them so that they could be saved but then he was also called to help them become a part of that group of those who by faith are sanctified in Jesus. And it's a, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And, and so we talk about that difference between um, salvation and, and sanctification. Salvation is uh, that when, when our sins are forgiven and, and uh, our sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus, Uh, through his sacrifice on the cross, uh, by faith in his sacrifice, and through our response in accepting that sacrifice. And that puts us on a path towards uh, becoming more and more holy, created more and more in his image every day by turning our lives over to him. And that gets us back to that passage in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, where we are called upon to be living sacrifices. Paul looks back on the first 11 chapters, I think, as he says, therefore, in view of God's mercies, he's talked about them for 11 whole chapters, how much God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And he says, therefore, through that and because of that, I want you to live your life as a living sacrifice. We're not called upon to sacrifice our lives or the lives of our family or loved ones like Abraham was. But we are called upon to live faithfully to him, and, it, and if it came to that point where it, we were called upon to confess faith in Christ or be killed, or uh, to deny faith in Christ or be killed, I would hope that we would all have that strength to do that. But what Jesus is asking of most all of us today is to be that living sacrifice, to be a sacrifice uh, that is very much alive, that lives, a sacrifice that lives, but a sacrifice that lives for Jesus Christ, I hope and pray that you can do that and that people will see the light and love and peace and joy of Christ in everything you do every day. And that you will be like John the Baptist did, pointing people to Christ through your lives and actions. First of all, your faithfulness and obedience to his will and his word. And also, as you have the opportunity uh, to share this great blessing, just like Paul did. Uh, at every opportunity so that people would know of the love and the forgiveness and the sanctification that comes only through Jesus Christ and his word. I pray that you'll have a good rest of the week and I look forward to seeing you in the Psalms on Thursday. God bless.